Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Today, we not only explain ESG, or so-called woke investing, but you'll hear from one of the national figures leading a multi-billion dollar backlash against it. A lot of people have heard about ESG investing, environmental, social, and governance investing, but I don't think we in the media are always doing a great job explaining and reporting on it, and I myself didn't fully understand until I started researching it, and that's why I recently did a story about this on my TV program, Full Measure. As a term, ESG seems to have originated at the United Nations in a 2000 report entitled, Who Cares Wins? Recommendations by the Financial Industry to Better Integrate Environmental, Social, and Governance Issues. I think this is a great lesson in how all of these woke efforts and advocacy efforts have permeated pretty much every aspect of our life, certainly in terms of what we see in the media, our education, our political institutions, our financial institutions. This is an organized effort, and I'll be reporting on that in the coming months on full measure. But ESG investing frequently boils down to big banks and investment firms using their power to support left-leaning positions on social and environmental issues like global warming. And it rarely, if ever, equates to promoting conservative points of view. My story on Full Measure looked at more than just what ESG is. It also examined the multi-billion dollar backlash. Conservative-led states are fighting back in a big way. In today's podcast, we're going to hear from a leader in that battle, He's the treasurer of Louisiana, John Schroeder. He'll give us the lay of the land when it comes to diverting state investments away from financial companies like BlackRock that bully, at least the states think of it this way, that try to bully the states into adopting liberal policies on social and political controversies. Here's treasurer of Louisiana, John Schroeder. Yeah, so the treasurer, I'm basically the bank for the state. You know, we... Um we do loans. We manage cash flow of about $64 billion. We invest probably and oversee about $16 billion in investments and trust funds that we are used to, to help operate state government. But, but basically the bank, somebody writes a check, we honor that money or that check um, and the whole cash management, banking contracts. Um, uh, in Louisiana, we do all loans, though. Every political subdivision in the state has to come to the treasury for a loan. So it's a pretty pretty big operation. And that's a lot of money when you think about every parish, political subdivision, whether it be a fire department, water district, has to come to the to us to um, to make a loan. And then I sit on about thirty six or seven boards. I sit on all the retirement boards, but I'm only one vote, you know, so um, it's a lot of lot of money moving around. You helping to determine investments on behalf of the money that's managed? We determine investments on the money that we manage. And then the boards that I sit on were just one of many voices. You know, but as a statewide elected official, we carry some decent weight. Um, but we, the, you know, the decision doesn't end with us. Now, some states, some treasurers run their entire retirement systems, but we don't in Louisiana. Do you remember first hearing about this idea that companies would be doing environmental and socially responsible things or 
that which they consider right. to be, even if it wasn't necessarily in the best financial interest of their investors or the company? Yeah, that's been going on for a little while now, and I'm not real sure exactly when it started, you know, but I'd say it's been really heavy for the last year and a half, two years, but it's probably been in the, in the discussions for a while where companies are getting more involved in the social decisions and the environmental decisions that are going on in the country. I get it. You know, I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, so I get it. That's your choice. To, to If your company wants to support this issue or that issue, that's fine. Um, um, I don't really have a problem with that. The, the, the issue that I have is when companies use their strength, their might, and their money to force policy on government. And I think there's a government process. And I'm an I'm a Army veteran, a former narcotics agent. Um, I believe in our processes. And uh, I do believe in the, the government process. And I believe that you get what you vote for. You know, so I believe there's a process you should, should go th through to set policy for, for the state. And, and I get your, um, your ability as an independently owned company to push the policies that you like. Just don't force it down my throat and then hold it against me as a state uh, in some other way to try to force your policy upon me. Can you give a tangible example of how that's happened? Well, in the banking, in the banking world. So the, the banks want you to conform to certain things or they don't necessarily want to do business with you. Or particular, like what? You know, I'll go back to, um, let's see, I've been treasurer on my sixth year now. And uh, in my first year, I followed U.S. Senator uh, John Kennedy, uh, who was the former treasurer of Louisiana. And I was elected maybe six months maybe. In 2018, 2017 time frame, and I get a letter from him about um, two banks, and it was right after one of the uh, horrific shootings in our country, and, and these banks um, wanted to basically force us to have certain policies in Louisiana. Other states, too, but being in Louisiana, I, I speak of Louisiana. So when I looked into it, what kind of policies were they it was, suggesting? It was over gun licensing and, and permitting, and, and you had to be 21 to carry, a, um, um, to carry and, and I'm opposed to that. I mean, I'm, I'm a military guy, um, and, and quite frankly, if you look at the age of our GIs around the world today, as you and I sit here today, many, many of those, I call them kids. You know, I, was, I went in at 21. I was an old man. Um, but many of them are 18, 19, and 20 years old. And, and I balked at that. I said, look, if, you, if you're big enough and bad enough to go defend this country in a, on foreign land, then you should be able to carry a weapon of your choice, um, you know, back in Louisiana. So, Was there an implicit or explicit threat that if you didn't do something, something would happen? No, I guess it's, it's not a threat um, as much as, they want you, we'll do business with you if you do A, B, C. And I would say, no, that's left up to the legislature. That's left up to the Louisiana Constitution. You want to do business with us, you give us the best rate, you know, we'll do business with you. But, you know, it's sort of funny that they want to pick and choose who they do business with. But if I pick and choose as the, as the, as the fiscal agent for the state, if I pick who I want to do business with, that's some, somehow awful. So I, I, my position as treasurer is I want to do business with companies 
that are favorable to the lifestyles and the businesses and the things that we do in Louisiana. You know, we're in an oil and gas uh, business. We're, we're a fossil fuel state, you know, and, and that's being that's under attack. You know, so um, I, I lean towards doing business with the companies that are pro-Louisiana. Why would you not, you know? Back to the example, can you say what the banks were and explain what business they would be doing with the state of Louisiana? So as my role as treasurer, um, I'm in charge of all lending and, and refinancing uh, for the state. So I'm like the banker, right? So um, Citibank, Bank of America, and there's been others that, um, that we just simply don't do business with. Um, now, they have the option. We, we actually put out a questionnaire, um, and you answer a couple questions, and it's yes or no. And I don't go out and do some public investigation. You know, we ask you uh, uh, some questions about your position on fossil fuels and the Second Amendment. and Like what? Like what? Second Amendment. Questions. What well, question no, would you what's, ask? what's your position on fossil fuel? Are you boycotting uh, the fossil fuel industry? Or, and if you are, then we choose not to do business with you. And it's a choice, you know. So they choose their, their policy on environmental, social, and, and governance issues. I, I, want that, I want that same ability afforded to me that they're taking, you know, so my, my position has been pretty simple with some of these banks. If your position is that um, you're not going to do business with certain businesses in our state because they sell weapons or, or they're in the ammunition business and, and, and we don't have um, a strict, uh, I'll say a strict, uh, our law says you can carry um, if you're 18, you know, but they, they don't want to do business with you unless it's 21, well, in our state, the law is 18, and the Constitution allows for that. So if you're going to boycott our businesses, then we're going to boycott you. So things like So we've touched upon it already, just yeah. not saying it. What is ESG, if you can explain to people yeah, that I mean, that it's, term? You know, it's still, we still have a long way to go for the public to understand what ESG is, um, environmental social governance. Um, it sort of has snuck up on us, and I, I tell people it's, a, it's an educated, this is just my trying to explain this to people. Um, it's, an, it's an educated term that feels good, sounds good, looks good. Um, and if you listen to some of the CEOs who basically talk about ESG, um, they basically use it to help government enforce the policies that they haven't been able to do at the ballot box. You know, so um, that's for example, if there isn't a strict gun control law nationwide on certain issues, right. you're saying these companies are somehow convinced to go state by state and try to withhold business from the states oh, yeah. that don't I mean, have the right when, laws. When you talk to companies that are in a fossil fuel business, they will tell you that they've had a difficult time making loans, um, you know, testing out on the ESG scores. So what we've tried to do is not encourage those companies to do business in Louisiana. Now, I can't stop a, a, a um, Citibank, Bank of America, whoever bank, doing business with ABC Company. That's up to them. But as, as a government official, I'm not going to help them um, enforce policies, as I said earlier, 
that I believe are left up for the elected officials and you as an elect, uh, a citizen who elect your officials to, to either push or not certain policies that are good or bad for the citizens. And, and I've heard guys like Larry Fink say, you know, the difference between, the difference between today and 10 years ago you know, you and I could sit here and my interpretations would be different if you read it versus you watch me say it. You know, you can get on YouTube and watch any of these guys say what their opinions are or what their, what their company's position is on ESG. You no longer have to read it and interpret something. You can sit it there, turn it on YouTube and watch it. You know, when you hear... When you hear CEOs from these big, what I call world companies, start talking about forcing behavior uh, because they're big enough to do it, and they say that. Who can do it? They, you know, the government can't do it. They don't have the, the, the resources and the finances to do it, but we can. You know, we being corporate America. I, I got to tell you, I never, it, it's 62 years old in a couple of days from now. Um, I never thought that we'd be waging this kind of war here in this country, you know. And but you know what's really sad to me is these companies who who wage war on on the environmental practices of this state don't do the same thing for other countries, and they're investing in these the same things that they don't want us to do in this country. They invest and allow to do in other countries that make countries that are our enemies. Um, better armed than we are. You Can know? you give an example? Well, China. You know, China builds a, a coal plant once a week, you know, but, but the banks here in this country don't want to do business with you in the coal business. You know, so it's a, you know, it's a, um, when you look at the environment and the things that they say we do as a country, I believe we're one of the tops in the world when it comes to um, clean energy. And, and the industry works hard to work in that direction. I believe entrepreneurship and the industry will transform, just no different than you using a cell phone today. We went from a flip top or a, a rotary phone to a flip top to look what we have now. You're basically walking around on a computer. Technology evolves, and the public demands that it evolves. But I don't like when, when, when companies want to force their um, belief uh, on you and I. You have your choice. That's the great thing about living in this country. It's a country of choices, but it's also a country of laws that we follow. You know, but, but the companies, going back to your very first question, they absolutely are getting into the um, environmental world um, and social world. And I get it. And if you want to shop at a place that, that um, has a sort of checklist, you can do that as a as a law-abiding citizen in America. Uh, but if I don't want to do that, I don't. There's certain places that I don't go, you know, and that, because that's my choice. Do you have any thoughts about how this, in what seems like an organized sense, took hold in so many corporations? Do you feel as though government pressured corporations to do it through the leverage government has with regulation? Or is somebody pressuring government and corporations at the same time and having some success? Well, I, I think, and, and I'm going to say this, you may not believe me when I tell you this, but, you know, I've been in politics for elected office for, I spent nine and a half years in a state house in Louisiana. I sat on an appropriations committee, and I've been treasurer for almost six years. I don't get into the politics of it. 
you know, that's not that's not what I do. You know, I'm a business guy, entrepreneur, and I got in government because I I wanted to serve, and and um, so it's more numbers to me. So it's really not about the the what I call the politics side of it. And and some of these companies and and the younger generation of folks now, you know, and I have a 36 year old and a 34 year old, so. That's who I'm talking about. You know, I see it firsthand. Much more um, um, lenient, I guess, tolerant. Came up in a different world, and everything sort of, almost everything is okay, not okay, but they tolerate it. They might they might not like it, but they tolerate it. Um, but what what I've seen politically between the last two administrations is drastic. So the, the, the political, whoever's in, politically in charge has great influence on what's going on, and you see it happen. I mean, you saw what happened under President Trump versus under President Biden, where, where uh, the Trump administration pushed for independence, and now we're not, and look what we're getting for it. You know, so you see it from that aspect from a national aspect, how quickly it can change. And I wasn't fighting this uh, under the last administration. I, I didn't feel the pressure. The, the Second Amendment issue came um, when some banks felt like states needed to crack down on guns. I'm a, I'm a law enforcement guy. I've never met a gun that committed a crime. I've met a lot of people that have, and, and that's a policy difference, you know. Are there many corporations that are rejecting the notion of ESG? Maybe they're doing responsible things, but they're not requiring that yeah. behavior among those they do business with? I, I think they've taken a checkup. I mean, look, I moved $800 million in the last year. Tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so what, what are we in, 2023? So back uh, in late, late 2021, through, um, you know, I'm the um, national chair of the State Financial Officers Foundation. And um, um, this is a conversation we started having a, a year plus ago. And as it got worse and worse and worse, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to do business with a company that, that says one thing. I say one. They weren't saying one thing. They were openly saying what they, they were um, uh, opposed to the fossil fuel industry, which is where Louisiana is um, probably the, almost the biggest industry we have in our state. Agriculture is big, timber is big, but but fossil fuel is right there. And um, I, um, as an organization, I felt um, we needed to do something about it. And we talked about a lot of different things. You know, something sort of kills me how people who don't necessarily agree with my position, think I've conspired with other treasures around the country to um, take take some shot at BlackRock. That it was absolutely nothing to do with it. But I will tell you this, I have many peers around this country who, who have agreed and have all, not all, but are in some process or have moved almost $5 billion now out of BlackRock. Um, but you can see these companies now that we've taken some action. You know, uh, Congress has taken a look at it. 
you know, the rate, how the, how the rating agencies are working. You know, there's a, uh, there's a lot of moving parts here, but the states have said enough. Much more after a short break. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of cool products. A lot of them make great gifts that feature catchphrases like, I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Cheryl Ackeson Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab. Can you tell me the mechanics of how you moved the $800 million? Yeah. Was there a meeting and then someone picked up the phone and said, yeah. you don't get the money anymore? Yeah, sort of. Um, so once I, once I really understood what was going on, and then I turned to my investment team. You know, we have our own version of a Smith Barney uh, at Treasury. I have a team of five. And um, so I met with them in late 2021, I believe, and then um, started having a conversation about, hey, man, because Treasury, we just can't invest wherever we want. I mean, this is taxpayers' money that, that you have to – you have a 12-month budget every year. That money's got to be there to – Pay the bills. And we, in Louisiana this year is about a $60 billion plus budget. So, um, you know, I met with my team. I said, look, all things equal, I don't want to do business with this company. There's got to be somebody else with, that we can go do business with that doesn't push the same environmental um, policy that this company pushes. And that's, the, that's a fact. So, all we did, um, we started moving that money. Probably took us six, seven, maybe eight months to gradually move it because if we would have moved it in one clean sweep, we probably would have lost money. But did someone place a call to BlackRock and go, just so you know? No. No, BlackRock was very clear on their position. So I didn't need to, I didn't need to uh, you know, they came come to meet with me. Uh, they caught me at a conference, and uh, I sat and visited with them. And, you know, Larry Fink has made... Um, and look, it's his company. It's you know, it's 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 their company. They can have whatever policy they want, which is fine. I don't like their policy, so I don't want to do business with them. So, over eight months, we moved about eight hundred million dollars to other companies that were doing the same. You know, our investments stayed the same. It just it, it, we went to a different vehicle to do it. Actually, we 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 came out better because the the market had changed, fixed rates went up, and we actually came out ahead on it. But you know, at the end of the day, my responsibility uh, to the citizens of Louisiana is to invest this money wisely, to to, to um, be a good steward. But I also think it's I shouldn't help companies that that want to harm our industry and take food and paychecks out of the homes of, of the hardworking people of our state. And in layman's terms, what is BlackRock? So BlackRock is just the name of a company. And, that does. They, they, they are a vehicle that it's sort of like when you go on your computer, you're looking at the screen, there's somebody behind the screen, BlackRock's behind the screen. They, they disperse this money into uh, different entities around the world that they do business with. 
you know. Um, they're one of the biggest. They are the biggest. biggest. Well, they were the biggest. You know, they were, they were uh, I think, a $10 or $11 trillion business in 20, at the beginning of 2022. Uh, but they, they've dropped to under $8 billion, or $8 trillion, I'm sorry. And um, no, they were the, they're the, they were the biggest. They probably still are because I think everybody's lost some market share because of, because of the market. But, you know, one of the things that bothers me about these companies and, um, and one of the things that, that I'm talking a lot about right now back in Louisiana is pension dollars. That's the golden egg, okay, is the, is the pension dollars. In Louisiana, they're talking about $60 billion. That's a lot of money in a small state. Although the city of Houston and Austin is probably the size of Louisiana. Um, what bothers me most is that these pension dollars, and I call them pensioners, and, and, and these are policemen, firemen, government workers, teachers. My wife's a retired teacher. Um, government employees, school bus drivers, cafeteria workers, municipal workers. Um, you know, they're represented by a board. Um, but at the end of the day, those retirees, they just want that check. They, they've they never had to worry about where their money was being invested in, in order for them to get their check. What bothers me as I look more and further into this is where these companies are investing these pension dollars. And um, I'm, I'm making a hard push in Louisiana at least, and, and nationally, uh, to my colleagues as well. We need to pay attention to see where this money is being invested. And I've told my, my retirement boards, look, I'm not here to tell you how to invest it or where to invest it. I, but I do want the, the pensioners to know where you are investing it. And and when you, when you look at a state like Louisiana, a small state, you know, we don't have many Fortune 500 companies at all. Um, you know, how much of that pension dollar is invested inside our state border? How much is invested inside the United States? And then how much is outside the United States? And I'm going to have that information real soon. I think it's going to be real telling that if you don't invest in your own state, then who will? Will you follow up with us on that yeah. when you get the information? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to paint a, a picture, but it, 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 should, it should make the board stand up and say, look, we need to do better at this. You know, it didn't get there overnight, and I'm not saying that we're going to instantly, you know, invest all our money inside our state. But we need to look at how we invest, uh, invest in pension dollars, not only in Louisiana, but across this nation, because it bothers me to see how much money we're investing in foreign countries that just soon see this United States wiped off the face of the map. Can you tell us the names of any companies that benefited when you moved that $800 million, companies you found that weren't forcing, trying to force social policies that got the money? No. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, you know, I don't know the companies off the top of my head. Um, but, that, I mean, we, we have a lot of companies that we do business with. We've got 100 banks okay. that we do business with. But they would have answered a questionnaire or something. Yeah, so or we have a standard questionnaire now that if you want to do business with the state that you have to, Answer. I'm happy to have my staff send that to you so you can see it. Thank you. And um, like I said, it's not that intrusive. It's a yes or no, yes or no answer. And if as long as the answer is a yes, you know, then then we're good. You know, but you know, one of the things that I've I've changed in the state, I push more towards is having the ability to negotiate our financial deals versus a competitive sealed bid kind of thing, because, I mean. It just doesn't make sense that we would help banks 
particularly, particularly, um, do business with the state when they when when they would rather see us um, in some other form of, of of energy than what we're what our makeup is right now. Final comment. Yeah. What do you think is the takeaway from this discussion that's happening today about this? Well, look, I think, um, honestly, at the end of the day, we have a long way to go still. And I appreciate the opportunity to come in and visit with you because six months ago, nobody knew what issue was. And, and the media um, is now paying a lot more attention to it. But as I tell my colleagues, you know, with the um, State Financial Officers Foundation that you can only send so many letters and have so many meetings and so many phone calls and conversations and emails. Um, but that didn't move, the, that didn't move the, the ball. When we started moving money, that moved the conversation. And now people pay more attention to it. We wouldn't be sitting here right now if we, we as, uh, I don't know how many states, six, seven states now, have moved over $5 billion, and then you're going to see more. There's no question on my mind more is coming. We're paying attention, and, and really, you know, you asked earlier where did this all start, and it really started after Russia invaded Ukraine, and it just hit me. That's when we um, wanted to know, okay, how much money do we have invested in Ukraine, or how much do we have invested in Russia? Because, look, when you, when you invest billions and billions of dollars, it goes all over the place. And it's hard to know where your money's invested. And that's one reason why I haven't put out a report yet, because it, it moves in so many different ways. But that's when a lot of attention came down, is when we looked to see, hey, where are we invested in Ukraine? And then, you know, maybe we ought not do com business with company, uh, uh, countries like Russia and, 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 and China or whoever. Venezuela. I could go on and on. So that brought a lot of light to it. It brought a lot of conversation to it. And we talked about it in, in conference a lot until a few of us just said enough was enough. I've seen enough. I've heard enough. I've learned enough. We're going to move the money. I, I, I think this is just the beginning. I think uh, treasures around this country who are charged with the finances of their states are paying a lot more attention now what, where these companies like BlackRock are investing our money, and are they using it against us? You know, but I think the, I think the big thing that people are going to pay attention to, or should pay attention to, over the next twelve months, is where where we, where are we investing pension dollars in this country, and how much of it is invested outside the United States of America? There is, of course, another side of the story, and to hear about that and see the full report that I did on ESG investing in the backlash, you can go to fullmeasure.news online, that's fullmeasure.news, and watch a replay of my TV story. It's called Woke Investing, and it aired Sunday, April 2nd. A great way to find all of my cover stories from Full Measure in one place is to go to CherylAckison.com, click the Full Measure tab, and you can see links to the cover stories. I think it's a great place to binge watch good old-fashioned, accurate, fair reporting on topics we all used to cover, but right now, not many outlets are doing this kind of fair reporting on things you want to know about that aren't being pushed by propagandists. By the way, we're going to be unveiling a remake of our Full Measure website. It's going to be a lot easier to search and find what you want. That'll be coming in the near future. 
Eyeshadow has come a long way since you swiped on one color at a time or practically had to take a masterclass in cosmetics to get the shading right. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid, and I've designed an exclusive shade-shifting multichrome pigment for eyes that's like no other you'll ever see. Just swipe it on your eyelids and the magic happens. Depending on the angle and light, it shifts between hues of golden pink or green and pink and even purple and gold. The shading is done for you. Just $25 for a jar that will last you months. My website is store.lemonademermaid.life. And listeners of this podcast can get 20% off these incredible pigments by using the checkout code PODCAST. I hope to see you at store.lemonademermaid.life today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did, you'll leave a great review and share it with your friends. And check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, for more original reporting and interviews on off-narrative topics that powerful interests often try to censor. It's never been more important to support independent reporting. You can do that by going to the CherylAckison.com website, click the Store tab, and browse our great products The most popular new slogan that I have on products there is, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All the old ones came true. Proceeds support causes like the Cheryl Atkinson Ion Awards, giving cash awards recognizing and encouraging independent off-narrative reporting by college students and professionals. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.